No success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. That's why Club Wealth was founded, to help driven, successful, and busy real estate agents like you double their business while building a strong, balanced home life. Join us each week as high-producing agents and team leaders share their stories and unpack the principles and systems they've used to double, triple, and even quadruple their business while enjoying greater quality of life. And now, here's the latest episode of Club Wealth TV. Hey everybody, we are live! Michael Ellickson with Club Wealth Coaching and Consulting here. There is only, and it is a proven fact, there is only one real way to get Jesse Zagorski to stop talking, and that's to literally go live on Facebook. I'm just giving you a hard time, brother. So, uh, we are just having the conversation about how we're going to do the call and all that stuff. And Jesse was giving me a hard time and wanting me to change up the direction of the call a little bit. And, and I'm like, and, and he sold me. And, and, his, and, and after he sold me, he kept trying to sell me. And I'm like, dude, I'm sold. Like, you don't have to keep trying to sell me. When you get the clothes, just move on. As soon as they sign the listing, run to your car. So anyway, that being said, we're going to have an awesome call today. We're going to be talking about how to get and profit from REO. Uh, and for those of you that don't know, it's real estate owned by the bank, foreclosures, right? And so everybody on the call here, and by the way, I'm going to mute everybody's microphone because I'm hearing Tim with his water bottle there. I'm going to go ahead and mute all that kind of stuff out. If you guys want to say something, don't forget to unmute your microphone, uh, say what you're going to say, and then mute yourself back out. But uh, here we have all, all these guys on this call are experts in both short sales and REO. And we're going to focus today's call on the REO aspect, understanding that, yes, uh, a lot of the banks do also offer short sales now, right? So they'll do what we call top-down short sales, where just like an REO asset, they'll assign out short sales to some of their agents that are doing this, um, you know, that are doing foreclosures for them. That being said, what, what I'd like to start off with is I'm going to have each one of our panelists share their expertise. Why should we listen to you? Why are you an expert on this topic? And then we're going to dive right in and we're going to show all of you guys on this call how do I get REO? And by the way, is there even REO out there right now? And if there is, how do I get my hands on some of it? And why would I even want it? And how do I profit from it? And all those great questions. So while you guys are introducing yourselves, I'm going to start a watch party in the Club Wealth Real Estate Agent Mastermind Group. And uh, so let's start with Long Doan. Tell us, what makes you an REO expert? Well, Jesse actually knows this too, but uh, I started out not even in real estate. I was hanging along with Jesse and a bunch of few people, and I'm like, this is awesome. I want to do this. So I went from uh, closing a thousand transaction, REO transaction in my first four years in the real estate industry. So uh, I know a little bit about REO. Just a little bit. You've done about a thousand of them just in four years. And that's not your whole career, that's your first four years. That's pretty impressive. All right. So, so Long has done, and I say Long, I, I'm sorry, I forgot you. It's Coach Long, and that's a title that's that's well-deserved and hard-earned. Uh, so Coach Long has done just over a 1,000 REOs in just four years. So let's go to Jesse Zagorski. What makes you an expert on REO? Well, Michael Hollison, <laughs> I've earned the title of REO expert by slugging it out in the trenches of REO for over 10 years. I'm the national director of a group called Default Servicing Professionals, otherwise known as DS Pros. Um, I met Mr. Longdome at an REO conference when he was right. He was a title guy. And I'll maybe we'll say we'll come back to this story. I met Long at the top of a staircase and we had a very interesting conversation. And who knew that 15 years later, 10 years later, we would be here, 10 years later, probably we'd be on a webinar with you, Mr. Michael Hollickson, who I also met through the world of REO. So I would say uh, I've done lots of REO sales and I've obsessively just like this was my world for forever and ever. And I, 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 I lit, I slept, I ate, I breathed REO, every single contact at an, at an, at a bank, at a servicer. That was my world was to know these people and to make friends. So that's my, my claim to fame. That's awesome. And yes, we did. And you know, it's interesting because I remember that conference and I remember there was a time at that particular conference where agents thought that it was a good idea to follow asset managers into the bathroom and hand them a business card under the stall in the bathroom, right? Funny, was funny, funny you should say that. So let's make sure we introduce Tim and Garrett before we roll into this. But at the end of this call, we're going to tell people how they can get the top seven mistakes that agents make while pursue, are pursuing REO. And that might be one of the mistakes on the list. I literally wrote this document, which is the top seven mistakes agents make. And one of them says, don't make the mistake of shoving your business card under a bathroom stall, as if yeah. that has to be said. It, it, it's funny what has to be said though nowadays, right? Like there's a lot of things that really shouldn't have to be said that apparently have to be said. Right. So, all and right. How about, how about a man, a man, let's see, where's he on my screen? He's above me here. 
a man over here, a man who might actually enjoy having a business card shoved under a bathroom stall. Should we introduce Mr. Tim Ray? Uh, Tim's actually below. You were pointing to Garrett on my screen, but oh, really? that's, oh, okay. they both like it when that happens. I'm down here. Yeah, so, I'm, not, I'm looking at the live on, on the face on my other monitors. He's, he's right there, I think. Yeah, I've got we'll different views, us, so they're, they're everyone's everywhere. So, uh, <laughs> or or back to mistakes, uh, shoving a card on your business card. Why don't you just grab someone's phone and input your contact in there in a real Dude. unwelcoming fashion? That's a good way too. So what what makes me an REO expert is that I have all the designations that you have to pay for <laughs> to be classified as an REO expert. Oh my gosh. So let's be very clear. Tim and is being selling. sarcastic. He's being facetious right now. That's not that's not what makes him an expert. But a lot of people think it's what makes him an expert, don't they? And so, Tim, look, tell us, though, you've done an awful lot of REO. Tell us about how what you've done in REO. Well, so I got into REO in 2011, which was after there was a drastic change in the way business was done. Um, and so through the course of the years, I've represented 43 national and federal vendors. We have a, a serious chunk of those right now, but uh, companies sell to other companies. They change names. And so the actual count uh, of clientele is, is different than it used to be. Um, but we generally carry, like, I think right now we're carrying probably around 280 properties. So last year we sold 413, of which about 60% was um, was foreclosures. And then back in, you know, 2006, seven, eight, nine, ten, stuff like that. Um, I did about 254 short sales, mostly in the Kansas city market. However, we were doing them in other States as well. So I've done a lot of short sales and a lot of REO. Now the short sale experience really does make you tied for Garrett Pankery for the title of King of wheel estate. I just want to be clear about that. Uh, so what's that's wheel estate. Wheel estate, you know, homes on wheels, you know, mobile homes, right? Kansas City. I don't sell, I don't sell mobile homes. It's Kansas City. You guys know mobile homes in Kansas City? I thought that's what I thought, I thought that's what brought the tornadoes your way. Was like I thought they were like a tornado magnet. Is that our California, crazy? our California friends make fun of uh, me in Kansas City because our average price point is the cost of a car in California. So we basically <laughs> sell used cars here. Uh, that's awesome. I love it. All right. And Garrett Pankery, so you are getting involved in REO now and have done a ton of short sales. And uh, so tell us your authority and expertise. And by the way, Tim is also a coach with Club Wealth, as is Garrett. So Garrett, tell us your expertise. Yeah. So you talked earlier about Jesse selling you on something, and that was to get me to talk as little as possible. And Michael was like, done. You don't have to keep saying anything. Like, we're done. Garrett doesn't need to talk. Um, when I first got into real estate, I started in the, uh, in the short sell, um, department, done a number of short sales, um, have wanted to learn more about REO. So I'm, so you're going to be, you're going to be helping me ask questions to these guys so that we ask the right questions to help agents that are watching this learn, how do I get involved in, or do I even want to get involved in REO and what does that look like and how do I make money at it? Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, perfect. Love I'm, it. All right. I'm just, so without I'm, any further ado, oh, go ahead, Jesse. I'm, what say, I'm trying to erase a whiteboard. I, I literally went and like went off camera to grab a whiteboard, but I can't erase it fast enough. I wanted to write on the whiteboard really big. I'll write this later. The reason I wanted to change this call to be REO only instead of short sale, I feel like most people, when they talk about REO as an agent, they think, I want to get REO because I want to do nothing, make money, get rich, right? Like that's like people are like, that's it. I need an asset manager. I got to do nothing, make money, get rich. And when you talk short sales, they're not as sexy. Like, like, I don't think people hear the term short sale and think I'm going to get rich, but people for some reason associate REO with doing nothing, making money and getting rich. T Tim Long, do you guys agree with that? Well, and, sh and short sales are the opposite of doing nothing. Right. It, well, it's, it, it, frankly, so is REO. I mean, you know, let's, let's talk about this for a minute. First of all, I, I want to start, well, I want to pull a Simon Sinek on you guys really quick here. Let's start with why. First of all, why would I even want to consider getting involved in REO? Because I also hear the flip side about all the challenges associated with it, and they make you cut your commission, and there's a lot of expense and travel involved in getting in REO to begin with. Why would I even want REO? It's a great question. I think Long should. I mean, I got my answer, but let's let's do either Long or Garrett because Garrett's thinking he wants to get more REO. So Garrett, if you got an answer in Long. Long is always six steps ahead. And, and we'll tell the story later of how Long and I met and the connection with all of us. But I'd like to hear these guys answer that one. For, for me, I'll go real quick because I am not an REO. So 
I'm going to say something and you guys are going to laugh at me and say, yeah, that's exactly why you shouldn't get an REO. But for, for me, um, my business partner, Dustin, and I have built a team. So I like, I like multiple streams of income. I also want opportunities to generate more buyer leads or more leads in general. So the more signs I've got in the yard, the more opportunity I have to, uh, to generate leads. So that's one of my big reasons why I would like to get into it. Okay. Yeah, I'll pick you back off of that. Uh, first of all, it's a source of business, but you got to think like Jesse said, like ahead, right? So the, the, the market's going to change and, and REO is going to be again available. It's not the actual REO business you're looking for. It's the sign on the yard that you're going to have with process system put in place for you to capture more buyer leads, which in turn will allow you to recruit and grow your company. So that REO is just a step one of a 10 step probably on growing uh, the, the business. So that's the way I would recommend getting REO business. Well, so I'll, I'll jump in here. Uh, and But I think it'd be important to address why are we even having this call? And I'm telling you what, man, I can't go on Facebook a single day without somebody asking the question about REO. Is it coming back? The question's always, is REO coming back? The answers are always the same. Uh, it's never going to be like it was in 2008. So I think we should spend a minute at some point to address that question. We will. Uh, so that anytime somebody talks about it, we can just post this back up there. So for me, I kind of fell into REO. I was not looking to get into selling the foreclosures. I was heavily working with investors, heavy, heavy, heavy. Um, I was selling so many HUD properties that people would just reach out to me. I think I was like the number one uh, transaction person for, for HUD as a buyer's agent in Missouri for a couple of years. Like I had the system down and all of that. Well, then as REO started picking up a little bit, the quality of customer service that I experienced as a buyer's agent trying to sell one of these properties was really, really disappointing. And I've always prided myself on customer service. And I've always prided myself on being super anal retentive when it comes to processes. And for me, uh, I literally fell into it. And when somebody contacted me with the property they had, I was like, I had to explain to them why I would do a better job than the other agents in the city. And for me, it just simply became marketing myself as somebody who has a very good process, very good systems, excellent customer service. And I, I'm friendly with other realtors in the city. And that's kind of been my platform for generating more business uh, in REO. So for me, I fell into it. But why did I get into it? It was an accident. But when I saw the door opening up, that's when I jumped on it. So, so why, hang on one second, Jesse. So why be in it today, though? What's the reason to be in it today? Leads. Uh, more, like Long said, more signs in the yard, uh, more phone calls. Uh, another lead source, uh, another source of income, uh, another source of opportunity for agents in our brokerage and in our office. It's 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 deeper than that, Tim. And you actually just hit the nail on the head. You were you. I, I see it from the outside, listening to what you said. You fell into it because you saw a need. That's an that's the definition of entrepreneurship. Okay, you saw a pain point and you figured a way to solve it. There's a lot of lead sources out there. Anyone watching this? Like you don't just pick up REO because you want a lead source. You can go do Fizbo's expires. You can stand on a street corner in a chicken costume if you want, right? Like, like there's a lot of ways to generate leads. REO is an entrepreneurial business. It is a task-driven portal-based system where it's duplicatable results, duplicatable systems that functions. The people I see in REO are the most, like not that everyone else is an entrepreneurial, but they're the people that like systems. They're the people that like businesses. Long, Tim, you guys agree with that? Like that's why you gravitate to REO. I took a year off. I went to Thailand, 2013, 2014, and still sold a ton of REOs without being in the country because I had systems that put it in place. It's very hard to do that in traditional real estate. That's why REO is cool. Yeah, I love it. And then you're right about that. That's definitely a great reason to be an REO. So here's the thing, you guys, there's lots and lots of reasons to be an REO. There's also lots of reasons why you might not want to be an REO. So let's talk about that flip side for a minute. And first of all, before we do, I want to say the one reason I agree with the most as to why you need to be an REO is what Long said. And that is, it gives you a sign in the ground. And for whatever reason, REO is a lead magnet, man. People love coming to REO. They love seeing REO. They're always interested in REO. It is a great way to get buyers. And if that thing sat, sits, on, sits on the market, which it doesn't sit on the market as long as short sales do, those are my favorite. 
because they, they can be on the market for three years and you can be getting sign calls for an entire three years on one listing. That being said, you'll get a higher number of sign calls, believe it or not, on REO properties than you will on any other type of listing. Uh, and it just, it just is what it is. So they're a great lead magnet. So that being said, why would I not want REO? Tell me the downside of REO. What freaks you guys out about REO or what freaks most people out about it? Money. Go ahead, Long. I saw Long's going. You do it, Long. Um, probably, like Jesse Ray addressed, it's a, it's a process system, right? System run business, people run systems. So REO is actually very labor intensive. Of all the things that you expected to do with the deadline, you have to have process system in place as well as the people. But for me, the biggest thing that I would hope people would not miss, uh, made a mistake that I did, and I know Jesse might have too, and so did Tim, is the billing reimbursement. So in REO, a lot of times you have to front the money up front. And you remember this, Michael, you did a bunch too, right? So you got to pay for the utility that was behind. You got to pay for certain repairs that was approved, maybe carpet paint. One time I had over a quarter million dollars out there in unreimbursed expenses. And if you don't track that correctly, they will find a way not to pay you. Uh, you missed a deadline. You don't have the right document. They're not going to approve to pay you. And it's just part of you have to write in as a loss for your business. So be very careful of something not to do in REO. Okay, before you move on from that long, I want to touch on that because this is a big one, right? So I lost one year, $100,000 on, on reimbursements. Now, granted, we were running on IDEL, right? Like it was, and it was, I'll tell you, the number one reason was I didn't have the right systems in place at the time, right? That was the number one reason. That said, there were also the banks, they want you to have your T's crossed and I's dotted. They're very specific about how you got to get reimbursed. That said, if you follow their system, they'll pay you back. The asset management companies, however, operate a little bit different. A lot of these asset management companies that are not actually banks oftentimes play by their own set of rules. And oftentimes, not always, there's some great asset management companies out there, but there are also some that will truly go out of their way to sometimes in ways that maybe defy logic, find a way to not pay you, whether it's a legitimate or not. And so you've got to, even if you have all your T's crossed and I's dotted, sometimes you will miss out on some of those dollars. And what you have to understand is that's the cost of doing business. Now, is it possible to collect 100% of your money all the time? Maybe, but for most people, that's not reality. Uh, you know, what we at one point in time, we had 417 REO assets. We had four people in our bookkeeping department devoted to doing nothing but making sure we got reimbursed properly on everything we put out. And we still had money that didn't make it. So, go ahead, so Jeff. What and this is probably too detailed for some people watching. We'll move on from this in a minute. But what percent, if you recall, did you run at being reimbursed? Or what was your loss percentage on reimbursements? Well, it depends on when you're talking about, right? You had 417 assets and four people in the department. At that point, I got 98% of my money back. Okay. All the time. That, that's what I want you to tell people. Yes. It, it sounds really scary when you're talking about yeah. these big, bad asset management companies are going to take advantage of you. That's that's like the, that's like the, the exception to the rule, yes, dude. I've sold correct. hundreds and thousands of these properties. I used yeah. to run at about a two percent loss rate. So that's about right. That, like yep. that that's that's real when you get the system dialed in. So I just yes. don't want people getting scared that the banks and the servicers are uh, asset managers are going to take advantage of. I'm like, I will tell you this: I've never been taken advantage of by a bank ever. I've never had that happen. Nor you know, nor the nor the government, you know, the GSEs like Fannie, Freddie. None of those guys have ever taken advantage. Those guys have always played by their own rules. And as long as you can document, then we've always had great time, you know, great success getting reimbursed. Early on, though, when we didn't fully understand the rules, we were getting assets faster than we were catching up with people's rules. And it was our own fault we were yes. losing money. That's what I'm saying. It's yes. not, don't blame the don't blame the servicing companies. Don't That's blame right. the don't blame the outsourcers. You like this is the lesson I learned. When you this is one of the negatives to REO. When you mm -hmm. don't know what you're doing, if you don't have a coach who's in REO, if you don't have someone who can help you figure out someone who's made the mistakes before. Because Michael, this is how I know this, okay? You were my coach when I was scaling up an REO. Mm -hmm. You had made the mistakes, which shortcut my need to have to make those. I never had a big loss in accounts receivable because you had made those mistakes and you helped me fix my system. That's what I was getting towards. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, you've got to have the systems in place. And I'll tell you what, if there's one place in your business that you need to be staffed up as, as you grow your REO business, it's your bookkeeping. Because you got to be on top of that stuff and it's very time sensitive. Um, now that being said, Sandy, I want to address Sandy sites as well. Well, I'll, I'll add, I'll add something okay. real quick before you, before yeah. you go. So, uh, having a couple hundred thousand dollars out at one time, uh, getting 98% reimbursed. That sounds great. Like you get all your money back, but the cost of staff, the cost of the systems, 
you're still spending money to get, to your, get money your money back. So many times your, your commissions are not the full, whatever is traditional in your, in your marketplace, 3% or 2.5. They're not the full commission. You have staff members that, you're, that are on salary that you're paying to just get back money that's yours in the first place. So overall, commissions are lower. It's a volume business, really, unless you're in San Diego, like Jesse, and you can you know, sell a house and go buy a boat. <laughs> no, you're right about that. So, and Sandy, you know, you asked a great question. So Sandy says, so if I understand right, the money is in the sign calls and it's more than just the sign calls. Let's talk about recruiting for just a second. So agents love REO, right? So if I've got a ton of REO properties, it makes my recruiting for my team a lot easier. Now, don't get me wrong. You guys know we use Wise Hire, right? They've done a great job for us. In fact, we'll put the link in the chat here. Uh, but I, and I love Wise Hire. They're our sponsor for this, the, for Club Wealth TV. We use them all the time. They do a great job. That's not enough. There needs to be other things. And having REO can really help you attract agents instead of having to chase agents all the time. So that's one of the benefits. Go ahead, Jesse. So, but just to clarify, Sandy, you're making it sound like you don't make money off the REO. And I'm curious to compare Tim versus me. I made a lot of money off REO. Like when, again, not to go back to when Michael Hellickson became my coach back in the day, right? But like when Michael Pellison became my coach, I was making a ton of REO with no buyer team. The first call you did with me was like, you're an idiot. You didn't say that. You said a very nice way, but you said, you're an idiot. How do you not have a buyer team? And literally in the first phone call, you net me an extra 80 grand by saying, get six buyer's agents, like how many need I needed at the time. But I was making good money off REO as a, just by itself without touching the leads. Tim Ray, but I'm in San Diego. My average commission I, is a lot higher. Do you make money I did, off of REO? I didn't say you don't make money on REO. I said you don't make as much money in REO as a traditional transaction. Right. One REO compared to one traditional transaction, there's not as much money being made there because of expenses, staff, lower commission splits. That's what I meant. Yes, I make money in REO. Right. So if you back out the buyer sides, the double ends, the sign calls, whatever you get, do you make money? Like when you take all of your costs for acquisition of REO, your networking, whatever, you factor in your staff, do you, are you profitable in REO standalone? Oh, yeah. Okay. Just want to be very clear for anyone watching. We are not now, stupid people. Okay. So, but, but and let's also take that a step further. Every one of you guys on this call, Long, Garrett, Jesse, Tim, all of you guys. And by the way, Tim, we need you to put your location on there so people know you're in Kansas City if they want to send you a referral. But every one of you guys is smart and you guys run your business like a business. You are great CEOs. And I will tell you that if you're going to get into REO, that's an important key factor because the margins are thinner, right? Now, you still make profits but you'll make a lot more profit if you learn how to run your business like a CEO. Are we a sh are we sharp CEOs, Michael? <laughs> that's funny. Don't even go there. Just, just want to throw that's for you. Some only. other time. That's for you only. Okay. So that said, uh, uh, Long, I think you had something you were getting ready to add. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to add to what Tim was saying is that uh, let's say a normal market for mine is a 3% listing, right? So from the bank, if you work directly with Freddie, Fannie, Hud, like you said, you might get that. But on a third party, sometimes they, they have to build in their referral, which is about 30, 33 percent. Then after all of the, uh, um, you know, the labor intensive, got to pay your field people and all this other stuff. You might only net one percent per uh, listing at REO, but the money is in volume and in, in, in the buy side. Because remember, on an average, if you know what you're doing, every sign should generate four buyers for you. You can't sell the same home to four buyers, if not more. You are now out there leveraging those buyers to go get more listings because most buyers might have to sell their homes too. It maybe depends on what they're doing. And like Tim said, a lot of them are investors. So you get that one buyer, you might now selling them 15, 20 a year. So you got to understand that, uh, you know, it's not, you, you got to look at the whole big picture and think like a CEO is what you said. So long, let's take that even further. You've done a great job of implementing ancillary businesses as well. So not only are you making money by leveraging this REO into, and by the way, when we talk REO, I want you guys to think about not just foreclosures, but any institutional sellers. It could be foreclosures, it could be hedge funds, it could be uh, anybody that owns multiple properties and has the ability to have you sell more than one property for them, right? It's institutional sellers. So you start thinking in terms of that, and all of a sudden your big picture just expanded. It just it monumentally. It just got huge. But Long has done a great job, and several of you guys have as well, of leveraging other things like owning mortgage or owning title or owning other services that you can sell. And sometimes you won't be able to do that on the REO itself because those banks will want to see those loans come back to them. 
but all the buyers you just now leveraged out of it, they can, they're going to need lenders. You can certainly refer them to the lender of your choice. And so there's lots and lots of ways to monetize this. Go ahead, Jesse, you look like you're about to say something. No, I didn't know which direction you wanted to take the call, but I thought this might be, since you mentioned title, this would be a good time to tell the story of how I met Long and what he was doing and how he pivoted in. And maybe Garrett then can jump in and we can start bringing in like, how do we get REO? People watching this are probably like, just tell me how to get it. I don't care. I know you want it. You can't talk me out of it, right? So here's how I met Long. Long, let's take a let's take a trip in the Wayback Machine. Do you remember 2008, nine, something like that? We're at a, we're at a conference in Dallas. It's the Five Star REO Conference. So the REO industry revolves around conferences. And Long Doan is not a real estate broker. He's not even an agent. He is a title guy. He literally has a name tag that says like Long Doan, the title guy, or something like that. And we're standing at this conference, and there's a staircase that comes down from the second level to the first floor bar. And people are coming from the event upstairs to the conference, and I see Long standing on the staircase and i didn't i didn't know exactly what he was doing i could just tell there was something very strategic about what he was doing and i realized later he had a sight line down the staircase where he could watch people enter the bar without being creepy without being weird but they had color coded the the different people's name tags at this event so asset managers which is the position at a bank that you want to connect with were given red name tags okay and agents were given green name tags it was as if they put target signs on the back of the, they might've painted a bullseye on the back of the asset manager. So Long was just looking, waiting for the red. And then he'd go just kind of sneak in and like, hey, what's up? I'm the title guy. I'm the, want to do some title with me. And I realized immediately, everyone else was just at the bar drinking and like, I'm going to sell houses, sell houses. And Long's like, be very intentional, very strategic. Just meet the right people in the right way. And be cool about it. But Long, true story. Yeah, it's uh, Jesse was right. So remember guys, we're in a people business. It's all about people work with you when they like you and trust you, right? So for me, I was just watching because he was right. They were color-coded, which was terrible for the asset manager. And uh, when they come down, I know that the first conversation is not going to work. All I wanted to do is say hi to them. And of course, I look different than most. I have a different name. So I leveraged that, right? Hey, Long. And they're like, oh, who's going to forget the name Long? So then later on, when I see him at the bar, they're like, hey, Long, you know, remember. So the second, third, fourth time is before we even start talking business. But what I noticed about Jesse was, he was also smart. He knows branding is important, standing apart. Jesse used to have this straw hat that he would wear at all of the uh, conferences in the beginning. So I forgot cowboy, about that. Well, a cowboy, but he wear this straw hat. Remember that, uh, Michael? Oh, he dude, I was expecting him to have a piece of wheat sticking out of his mouth. Dude, yeah, that's seriously. right. So, uh, you know, so that's when I'm like, uh, you know, so we, we hooked up and, you know, the rest is history. But what one thing we did do is because it's a people business, we start networking and we start sharing resources. Hey, I know so-and-so, you know so-and-so. We start introducing to each other. That's how we all went from three, four clients each to about 30 clients as after we done share. But but un unpack that part long. So we started traveling together. So the original group of us was called the REO Tour Group. And we were doing things that no one else in this industry were doing. We're just being a little different and connecting with people in a real way. So Long's a title guy and he's traveling with six of us who are all agents and brokers, right? And one of them who's my business partner today, David Golden, right? Who's I saw put a comment in here. Uh, oh, there we go. He's got the original REO tour group cards. Look at this. We made a little collect them all set. We pass them out of all of our cards and, and look at the little flap. Show how the flap folds. Oh, there's my old school picture. I'm like 12, right? David Golden is, a, is another, as a, a different man. Luigi Caprio, coach Luigi Caprio, original REO tour group member, right? If, if you show him how the little flap works on that card long, where you uh, see every flap in the front, has the city and then the, the weird shape that actually bent. So those cards fold and you could actually bend it and it would like stick up, right? Like that, it would bend. There you go. And so we were branding our name in our city, but Long's a title guy and Long's traveling with us. Oh, and there's Michael Hallickson's one who, whose card bends. It shows the area because you want to always brand your name and your city. It's not like local real estate. You're branding your name, your city, your name, your city. It's all you wanted to remember. But Long, how long did it take you? I've always wanted to know. Because Long really is one of the most future-thinking people I've ever met. As a title guy, watching us REO agents, how long did it take traveling with us before you realized that there was more money on the other side than title or an additional source? The second trip. The second trip. And then how long did it take before you had more? So assets is what we call listings in the REO world. How long did it take before you had more listings than the rest of us? The third trip. <laughs> I'm serious. It literally took him. Yeah. Let's, get, let's let's be real. Maybe six months. Within six, we've been doing it for at least a year or two before long started. 
on the real estate side. Within six months, he had more more assets than the rest of us. But what but hold on, we got to stop and talk about why that is. Because and, and I'm not. And this is not to take anything away from the rest of you guys. All right. So I want you to think about this. Most agents. They're after now business. Their goal is I got to get this guy to send me an asset right now. Put me in your system right now. Like now, now, now. Long did not take that approach. Long said, listen, this is a relationship business. I have to understand the long game. And no pun intended. But but because Long was focused on the long game, he thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to build relationships. I'm going to be low key. I want to be the exact opposite of what everybody else is because everybody else was hammering on these guys and after him and just in their face. And Long's like, dude, I'm just going to be chill. I'm going to lay back. I'm going to be the guy they want to talk to because I'm not wearing them out. And guess what? It freaking worked. I'm gonna, and I want to come back to the bar scene really quick because you guys all know I don't drink, right? But I tell you what, I made a lot of money in REO in the bar. And here's how I did it. So remember, you guys remember um, Real Mac at uh, the JW in, in Palm Desert, right? So the bar is in the lobby and there's a mezzanine that overlooks the lobby. So by the time I got into REO, they weren't tagging people's name tags with the red thing to show that, you know, hey, this guy is an asset manager. So you had to figure out how am I going to connect with them? But what most agents were doing is they were only spending time talking to the asset managers. So what I did was I stood up there and I looked around and I literally just watched who are the people that everybody else is coming up to? Not the people that are going and running around like a chicken with their head cut off, but who is it that's hanging out and everybody else is coming to them? Because that tells me those are the well-connected people. And I didn't care if they were an asset manager or a real estate agent. All I knew was that guy's well-connected. And guess what? Two of the guys were Long and Jesse, right? I mean, seriously, the truth, right? Ken Kellerman, Long and Jesse, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of all the other ones, Ty and, uh, and Alex. I mean, just a, you know, a lot of these really well-connected people. So I got to know them. And what I did was I found out what they needed. Who did they need to meet? I didn't care about getting anything right now. All I care about was figure out what their need is and go solve their need. And all of a sudden, they started saying, man, that, that guy from Washington, I can't remember his weird name, but that guy from Washington, he really helped me out. He did me a solid when I, I didn't offer to do anything for him. And guess what happened? All of a sudden, every, anytime Washington State came up, they all talked about me. And I started getting put in positions where I could get assets. It was phenomenal. I went from zero to 417 assets in 10 months. And guess what? Nine times out of 10, I didn't go directly to an asset manager. The vast majority of time, it was somebody else telling that asset manager, you need to talk to Hellickson. Go ahead. Anybody else? Next. So, so my notes, just because yeah. I want to clear a couple things up. Um, I had written down, go find the red name tags, but you're saying that's that's not a thing anymore. And then also I'm ordering some business cards that fold, right? So I just want to know, <laughs> um, but for, I mean, for reals, like what, what are some tips that uh, you did, Tim? Because I know you guys, you know, you're finding the, the, the popular people or the people that everyone else is going to, to get connected. Tim came in a little bit later, if I understand, correct? In 2011. So yeah. Yeah. I came in in 20. Well, I'll tell you the first thing I did was I walk out of a Rio Mac or Rio Con convention outside of a hotel and uh, I don't know, taking a break or we we're on a break from session or whatever the case may be. And I, I walk outside and around this fire pit are Jesse Zagorski, Long Doan, Mike Bjorkman. And the conversations that they were having, were, it, it was kind of like when when Jesse's describing long walk down. He's like, this guy's doing something different. What's going on here? It, it was, it, it was instantly obvious that these are the players that I needed to get to talk to. So it is a relationship game. Just like long says, it's also a people business. So I got to know the people that were integral in this business. Then I identified the need, which, well, the first thing was I identified the need, which is we had terrible agents here. The second thing was I, I fell into this group of, of people, which are now some of my best friends. And then because Kansas City is we have rural markets, uh, you can't find agents. And I knew that that banks and asset companies were having a hard time finding people to take properties that are in Hayes, Kansas or somewhere really far away. I currently have properties that I manage for a couple of clients that are four five and six hours away. And so what I did was I found that the need was there. And so when I was talking to clients and banks, I said, look, 
I'm just here. I'm in Kansas City. If you have any business that you need taken care of, I'd love to handle it for you. But more importantly, I want you to know that if you have a property that you can't get feet on the ground for, give me a holler. Let me see if I can handle it. If it's off a major interstate, we can figure it out. We have relationships now through Club Wealth that we have we have agents literally all over the country, right? So that's basically what I did. I just said, look, I'm here. I provide really good service and I can cover properties that other agents are unwilling to for you. Give me a shot. And that's what happened. I picked up properties that were far away. I drove a long time. It was kind of a pain in the butt. I still do stuff because you know what? That's my agreement with them. If they keep feeding me properties um, and they like my performance and my scorecard remains good, I'll take these properties that are still in the middle of nowhere just to maintain the business and the relationship. But Tim, I'm a luxury agent. I don't handle those kind of properties. And I want to be my neighborhood expert. What do you hey, say to those go Look, I, I say that's great. You, you need different sources of income stream, right? You need different clients. You need different lead sources. Go do luxury. That's fine. I personally, we don't have a lot of luxury here. I just have, I have two foreclosures right now, which in Kansas City, luxury is like 700,000. We have one coming up at 1.5. And then we have another one at 2.3 that's just sitting out there waiting for us to, to begin marketing it. Um but on a traditional side, I don't want to spend 20. I don't know how much you spend, Jesse, on a luxury property. I can figure $20,000 in marketing and photography and videography for it just sit there for a year and a half. Everybody knows that the luxury market is declining significantly around the country. Luxury is whatever luxury is in your market. Here, 700. You don't need a house more than $700,000 in Kansas City because it's 10,000 square feet or whatever, right? Um, so I think it's great. You want to be your neighborhood expert? Be your neighborhood expert and do REO and do short sales. And well, own a title company. Thing, but if you're a luxury agent, your seller now just become the bank. You still can do luxury through REO. So why why oh, yeah. do those? Okay, but here's my question for you guys. If I'm a luxury agent, and I say that in, in, on a, in a sarcastic way because I just think, dude, come on, be an agent, right? Just sell a bunch of houses. That being said, if someone's saying, I only take listings over a million dollars or whatever their number is, should they even be thinking about REO? And, and isn't that restricting their opportunity within REO? Isn't that going to curtail the number of properties they can get? I'm not sure which way you want us to lean on this one, but I, I would say yeah, I, I would say you got to niche down, okay? But I'm going to say, if you're going to say you only do luxury REO, you're now looking for a needle in a haystack. And if you haven't gotten into it yet, there's such a little volume of those that it's, it's an opportunity cost. If it's going to take you 10 hours and X amount of money to get that one listing, what, could you spend that time doing something else? And these days with the volume of REO, if you're saying I only want luxury REO, because I get luxury REO in San Diego, I do. And, and it's over the years, the, th the properties that are, REO volume has gone down, down, down in San Diego since 2012 at its height or 2011, whenever it was at its height, volume has gone lower, lower, lower. We all agree on this call, it might come up a little bit or a lot, whatever your opinion is, but the properties that are currently left in San Diego are mainly high end. I get million, $2 million REO listings, but I would never start, like, if my goal was to take a $2 million listing, I would not spend months going to develop REO. I'd just go list a $2 million house from 16 other sources, right? It's not the fastest road to luxury. I love that, that's a great expression. I would recommend it being different because you want to solve their problem, right? So when I got into REO, there's a group in Minnesota been doing for like 25 years. They were called the godfather of REO. You know, Quick Murphy, uh, you know, uh, a couple guys here, Michael Olson. So why did I get there? Because I made the travel. I went to meet him. I went to get to know him. In the beginning, my whole thing was, uh, like Tim said about rule, I just play off the Minnesota being a cold place. I literally says that I will, I will ride dog sled out to a property for you if you need me to. Remember that, Jesse? I mean, that was like my only in uh, to Dude, go say hi to people. I didn't know anything about real estate. Right. You used to send me pictures. He would be out doing this, something called an occupancy check. He would, and we'd push these around the asset manager. So funny pictures and emails, because REO is all email-based, put funny pictures. He would have a picture of him like up to his eyeballs in snow. And that would be part of his sales <laughs> pitch. He's like, look, I can take care of these properties. Like really, I'll ride a dog sled. It was hilarious, Long. Dude, that's, I, I gotta be honest with you, the whole dog sled thing, man, I'd do something with that. That's cool. It's like, and speaking of unique things, I just, I know this is a little bit off topic, but I want to share this real quick. Jesse, you did, you've done more unique and creative things than anybody I've ever seen in REO. In particular, there's two that come to mind. 
Tell us about the scratch and sniff book and the oxygen mask. So, so I, I just realized up the hall, I've got the scratch and sniff book. I will run and grab it when the next person starts chatting. So Garrett, you wanted actual items. Ready? Write this down, dude. Long just said it. This is one of our tips. Actual tip. Be different. I realized if I'm going to brand my name in my city, there's only so many times I can say Jesse Zagorski, San Diego, Jesse Zagorski, San Diego. I'd have to get creative and think of ways I could subliminally work it into the conversation or into the email. So I made a marketing piece, which has the longest shelf life of any marketing piece I've ever created, possibly almost anyone in the industry. And I'm not bragging. I'm just saying like, it's 10 years later, people still have this on their desk. So is I'm going to go the other room. What, Tim? <laughs> is it a Twinkie? No, dude. It's, it's, an, it's a scratch and sniff kids book. All right, I got to go grab it. So, so what was the other one you wanted to tell? The oxygen mask? The oxygen mask. So the oxygen mask is easy. And then I'll, I'll go get this. I'm going to give you guys another actual tip you can talk about while I run and get the kids book. The oxygen mask was, I was chatting on the phone with an asset manager and she was talking about how stressed she was and her workload. And she's just like, sometimes I feel like I can't breathe. She literally just said, sometimes I feel like I can't breathe. Most people have thought that at one point in their career, she said it out loud. So I did the obvious thing, which is I went on eBay and I ordered a vintage old school oxygen mask that would drop from an airplane. I FedEx it to her overnight into her office. And the next day when she couldn't breathe, had a little note that was like, hopefully this helps you breathe and today goes a little better, okay? Not that that's obvious, I'm kidding. That's a very weird thing to do, but I, that's how my brain works. So what did she do when she opened the FedEx envelope? Like, Garrett, have you seen The Matrix, the movie The Matrix? Come off mute with me, play with me for a minute. Yeah. Okay, remember in The Matrix where Keanu gets the FedEx envelope and he opens it and the cell phone's already ringing? Mm -hmm. Like how cool is that scene, right? And so what I want you to do, Garrett, if you wanna get into REO, when you make a connection, first you gotta make a connection, you gotta stand out in their mind. When this woman opened the envelope and an oxygen mask fell out of it, what do you, how would that make you feel if I sent that to you, Garrett? Well, especially if we had that conversation, you know, the day or two before about, I mean, it, it makes me feel like you actually listened to me and paid attention to what I was saying. And you weren't just trying to talk to me to get a deal. You were actually trying to build a relationship. Right. And then here's the cool thing. You would think this is funny and you'd show it to everyone else in your office, which is exactly what she did. She literally walked around and said, oh my gosh, look at this. Look how amazing this is. So that one FedEx thing I sent, because you're not supposed to send gifts to some companies, but the dollar value on this was very low. I mean, it wasn't a gift. It was just a weird thing I sent. It was almost a marketing piece. And she, that one thing I sent probably made me $100,000 without a doubt, because everyone else in the company started sending me business too. This was, that was my like in at this company. And we're still friends to this day. She still remembers that. I'm gonna run and grab the book. Let me give you tip number one and tip number two that I wrote down. Michael, you said this already. Number one, Michael said, he didn't say it in this way, but this, what he was describing was be professionally helpful. Be professionally helpful. So discuss that. Or tip number two, what Tim said was take properties in rural or faraway areas. And tip number three, I'll give you three things to discuss. That'll give me two minutes to run up the hall because we got to wrap this up soon, right? Tip number three was do things that other agents can't or won't. That's a Mike Bjorkman quote, actually. Do things that other agents can't or won't. So take your pick of those guys. I'll be right back. Love it. All right. There, well, I mean, I'm there's two things I... that are saying take, take the far away properties, right? Because no one else wants those. And then also do things other agents can't or won't. And the only reason we can't is because we won't, right? I don't, I don't think that we really can't do it. It's just that we're not willing to go do it. So maybe we have to start off small, start off doing the, the crap that no one else wants. Or at I mean, least be willing to. Well, one of the one of the another another important thing is because I, I talk I I have uh, you know like like Jesse mentioned before, Long Jesse and I and other some other people are in a networking uh, group uh, for for this type of business, and many of these people have relationships that I don't have, and I have relationships that they don't have, and we reciprocate that away. Um, with that said, though, um, you know we have. A, a lot of agents want to get into REO and it's like, well, what do, what do I do? And they want to start networking right away, but there's something very important you should do first. Find out what REO is in your market, like go on the MLS and search it. Um, and if you can make a connection with, uh, with myself or somebody that is inside of this circle, you have to find out who has the properties in your market. Like if you're chasing after bank of America <laughs> and bank of America doesn't even outsource their own properties anymore, you're going to, you're not, you're not using your time fruitful. So it's not like you just, my dog cracks me up. He's really short. He's like this tall and he's cranky 
and he wants to chase anything that runs by, but he doesn't run in the right direction. Like a squirrel runs by, he, he knows that he just saw a squirrel. He's all worked up about it. And then if I let him off the leash, he runs the opposite direction. Like that's what agents do to try to get REO because they go the wrong way at the wrong time. And there's not even a rabbit over there. So uh, find out, run a search in your MLS, look for what is distressed inventory, et cetera. Um, and then one of us can help you figure out a direction to run. Why is everyone leaving this call? Jesse, are you back? I thought back, I was Michael Hell. Back. Well, Mike, Michael is fixing his lighting. Because, and this, and this, is, this is tip number five, ready? This is important. I'm going to take what Michael just did as an actionable tip. He changed his lighting on the webinar by pulling his blinds down. If you look back at the replay, you can literally see the blinds coming down. Why did he do that? Because the genius is in the details. It is. And when you do REO, this is why the people who rose up to the top in REO, when you do something better than anyone else, you just do a better job. You gotta, they got to like you, but then you got to perform. And it's the little details in REO that really make you rise to the top. Truly, what you did, Michael, was part of the, your, why you're wired for greatness. So That's funny. Here you go. I agree. I mean, in terms of, I agree through that the devil's in the details, right? Like, like, look at this book that Jesse made, right? It's a scratch and sniff book. And you can literally scare, like, cause when you go into these REO properties, some of them stink really, really, really bad. And you just don't get a feel for how bad they stink unless you've actually been there or unless Jesse sent you this book. Then you so, get a so this thing I'm showing on the page, there's a scratch and sniff sticker that literally smells like mildew, okay? There's some good, three good smells, three bad smells. We actually put these things together. But it's, this is written by me. It's like Dr. Seuss. My wife illustrated it. So I'm going to read you one page. It says, every day when I wake, check my email as the sun rises. My day is always full of surprises. As so I set out for my first assignment through snow, hail, or sand, doesn't matter the climate. Before the trash out, there can be garbage and flies. Sometimes so bad, I don't want to go inside. Okay. David Golden was the editor. You can credit David Golden. My wife drew it. My assistant literally stuck on every one of these stickers. Like I have hundreds of these still. I did a second printing. Did right? you I need to send me one of those, Jesse? Dude, you got to go to the DS. You got to go to the DS Pro's website and order it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, want a, I want one of those books. I will, I will bring them to BSM. I'll bring okay, them to BSM because anyone who wants to come to BSM, I'll have a few of these there. How about that? Perfect. Come in person to BSM. That's our conference in November, right? Business Strategy Mastermind. Anyway. The shelf life on this thing, because Jameson would put a, a, a comment in the thread I was noticing. I have clients 10 years later, 10 years, that still have this book on their desk and have sent me pictures of their kids reading this book, that have sent me videos of them reading this at home at night at bedtime with their kids. Like Jameson said, you know, they put their, they put their name on, on poker chips, which lasted longer than the business card. That's a rad idea. I agree. I had no idea when we made this that 10 years later, people would still remember it and keep it on their desks. That's the longest shelf life of any marketing piece I've ever created. And I've made a lot of them. Yeah, that's really good shelf life. There's can no- I, can I, So I, we, I don't know how, how much time we have left. It looks like we about five minutes. I got to wrap up right now. So this is perfect timing. Well, I, I don't, then I don't know if we have time, but I think it's super important that we address the question that everyone outside of REO has, which is, is REO coming back? If if I don't know, I don't know if we should Let's take a rapid fire. Do you, Tim? Do you think REO is coming back? It's it it's already back. It's okay. already back, and it's coming back heavier. It's not going to be like 2008. Get it out of your heads, right? It's not going to be the same way. It looks different. It smells different. It's owned by different people. It's entirely different. It's coming back, you guys. All right, Jesse. All right, let's go. Actually, let's go. Garrett next, then Jesse, then Long. And by the so, way, give us the answer to the question and your final thoughts, Garrett. So Tim told me to look up the MLS, see how many properties are REO. I looked it up real quick, 395 properties since the beginning of 2018. I had okay. no idea. So and, that, yes. and, and, that, and that's probably under a REO category, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. not under, yeah. Well, so there's, there's probably more. There's way more and they're embedded in investor sections as well, because some of the clients don't want you to know their REO. Uh, some of them, in fact, aren't REO. Some of them are just owned by hedge funds and massive pool buyers that have bought notes, and and they're they're really REO, but they're not REO. So, exactly right. so yes, REO is is back. I now my eyes are open, and my big takeaway is uh, I've I've got to uh, network, get in get in a little bit better with these people that are on this call with me right now and uh 
Yeah, buy him dinner. <laughs> Garrett, you already did it. You just did a webinar with us, dude. This is like literally, this is, you are doing it right now. You are doing this. This is how you build connection. All right, I'll, you said me next, right? Justin, you're next. Go for okay. it. REO is coming back 100%. It, agree with Tim. It's going to look different than 2008. It's a whole separate webinar to explain the differences. It's because the hedge funds have come in to buy the non-performing loans, and it's going to shift the mechanism for disposition. Just Google each word of that sentence. You'll figure it out later. The mechanism for selling these houses has changed. There's still opportunity. You got to figure out how to find it. And my closing thought is, if you want to run a business, this is a great one good way to do it. Club Wealth teaches you a thousand different ways to make money. This is just one of them. And if you are drawn to it, great. If it's not your thing, no worries. We got other things, right? So closing thoughts would be just like, if anyone wants to reach out and talk REO, send me a message, hit me up on Facebook, happy to chat. I love it. All right, long done. Coach Long. REO is always around because there's a certain percentage of all loans at default, no matter what. It just goes up and down. So the wave is going to come back. It's going to look different. Like everybody says, it's going to be more hedge fund. So I highly recommend go to REO events, seek them out, uh, get a coach. Jesse, uh, again, has a, a group, a DS Pro. And make sure that when you get it, let the asset manager know you're going to treat it like a regular listing. They hate it when you treat it like an REO. So uh, that's something I would recommend. Hey, and Jesse has, Jesse has one more thing to say. And then... Yep. Uh, if, if uh, Jesse, I want you to take this question. Okay. Does doing BPOs open the door to getting REO assignments? No, negative ghostwriter. Pattern's full. Okay. That is the best. Uh, that is perfect answer to the best question, period. period. I love that. Yeah. All right. Jesse, you had something else you wanted to add. Yeah. I, I just want to say that I'm grateful, like truly for each one of you on the screen. Well, Michael's left, but like Michael was my coach as I grew to huge amounts of REO. Long, Tim, like each of you guys, we help build each other up. And Garrett, like I know you're just saying, I want to get into REO, but just even the connections of what you add, I know you're going to bring, and you're part of the Club Wealth family. Like this is something that like, yes, we have our own crew, our DS Pros crew, but like you don't need to be part of that. Club Wealth has enough resources within Club Wealth to build up REO. And I'm just, I couldn't do what I do without you guys. And I'm so incredibly grateful, grateful for Club Wealth, grateful for Michael. I just really appreciate being here, guys. So thank you. Well, the feelings absolutely absolutely mutual. We're very grateful for each and every one of you guys. And so I want to share this with you, my, my, my couple of parting thoughts. Number one, if you guys would like a copy of the seven biggest mistakes smart REO agents make, go visit clubwealth.com forward slash REO right now. Now, I'm going to also tell you, uh, there's a couple other things that you can do if you want to get started in REO. First of all, go get the download. Second of all, uh, come out to Business Strategy Mastermind Conference in November. Third, be on the lookout. We are actually working right now. Uh, sometime in the next few months, you're going to see a book come out from Club Wealth on REO. And it's going to be every single thing we've talked about today and a lot more. Uh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to share stories of exactly how we did this and stories about how you, how, you know, some of the crazy stuff that happens in REO and specific actionable steps you can take to get into REO and get profitable on it. Because it's not just about getting in, it's about getting profitable. And my final takeaway is remember it's not just foreclosures. It's institutional sellers. It's anybody that can, that can give you multiple properties that you can list because you got to get more signs in the ground. The more signs in the ground you have, the more you'll be able to scale your business and do it very profitably. You guys, great call. Thank you so much. We got to jump on. We've got our coaches call coming up next. So that being said, remember everybody inside you is a world-class beast just dying to get out. You got to choose to unleash that beast. That means you got to take one step. You don't have to have been world-class yesterday. You don't even have to think you're world-class today. Just do something, even something small at a world-class level. And that will be your first of many baby steps that will get you to becoming the world-class beast that you and I know you can become. Take care, everybody.